Welcome to the Free Money Podcast. It's where we bridge the uh, chasm between Brooklyn and the Bay Area in the world of institutional investing. Uh, I'm Sloan, and, and that's after you. Good, good to be here, Sloan. Um, you remember that part where you were where you were talking about bridging the chasm and and mm-hmm. uh, making progress 14 yep. seconds ago? Yep, yep. I yep. think we should do some of that kind of exploration today because this week, up until this week, I would have said the entire system was rigged, rigged, yeah. made the super uh, mega rich hedge fund folks even richer. But maybe, Sloan, maybe we saw progress towards a more democratized system this week as a maybe. band of retail investors via the power of social movements, humbled some of the most sophisticated market actors in the world, really. Is yep. that progress, Sloan? You know, it's, it's like, it's one of these things where, like, so I've, I've been getting, like, I think I've gotten probably a total of seven or, or eight texts, you know, three or four today. And one of the, the most interesting questions I got is, like, you know, do you, like, side with the idea that this is a populist uprising, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I, I have a really hard time getting on that, on that train because like, you know, it's not really like, you know, a whole bunch of people who are working like in Amazon warehouses, uh, like rising up and taking control of the system. It's like software engineers and, uh, and yeah. stuff like that with $10,000 that they were like down to waste. Uh, yeah, two uh, weeks ago they were they were crypto bros, you know, yeah. and now they're you know GameStop people, yeah, like you know bringing an uprising. <laughs> I think this is a big uh, Rorschach test for people. Like you, you either see this as a retail uprising against the man, mm-hmm. or you see it as like evidence of like corporations being in bed with hedge funds to prevent these retail traders, you know. Because as we'll see, as we dig into the news, Sloan, it went both ways, right? So for yeah. a moment, you know, they bid up the price of this one, this one company, GameStop. But then, you know, the company that facilitated that democratization of markets um, really couldn't cover all of the margin. I don't yeah. even know what happened, Sloan. What the heck happened there? So Why did they I, shut down trading? As I understand it, just a quick note on financial plumbing for folks listening. In the US, right, like, you know, we have like all of these brokerage firms like Schwab and TD Ameritrade and Robinhood that are really like customer facing, um, you know, storefronts uh, for the market. Those uh, brokerage firms will have accounts at clearing firms, right? And so the, those clearing firms look at the risk of each of their brokerage firms, the brokerage firms that they do business with on an aggregate basis. So like if you're, if you're sitting there and you are the person who's servicing Robinhood at Apex or, you know, whoever is, uh, is their person, um, you're seeing just an insane amount of risk swell up all of a sudden as that customer base owns just like an insane number of, uh, of out of the money options on like l- literally the dumbest stocks they could find. <laughs> Um, literally, literally, not figuratively. Literally, like, yeah, like literally, they're like, what is the what are the worst pieces of shit that we could find in the market? BlackBerry, you know, uh, like and, and GameStop, like AMC um, movie theaters, AMC believe, movie theaters. Yeah, in the middle of a pandemic is now doing quite well. 
we should launch that goddamn spec. Uh, <laughs> we should have. But, uh, but to give but, them credit. All right, finish your thought. Finish your thought. But anyway, so so what happened is that um, the the clearing brokers called you know called Robin and they're like, hey, you guys have to put down more cash. Robinhood goes, well, sure, we'll totally try and do that. Only problem is we don't have more cash, um, and so like it seems like that's you know kind of how they wound up limiting it. Not not all brokerage firms are doing that. TD Ameritrade is still letting folks trade uh, options without without restrictions. Interesting. I think those those are the people in the in the media who are trying to like describe this as like isn't this crazy what they're doing to, to these companies yeah. are missing the point that this was about crushing the short sellers. Yeah. So they may as well have been just looking for hedge funds, and so they found these ridiculously crap companies because that's where all the short sellers were, and so the progress, if there is any is an entire generation of short sellers that are now scared shitless that they will be crushed by the retail mob. But before I, you know, I get too excited about this notion of like a level playing field. I, part of me wonders if like this Reddit, you know, Robin hood moment is a little bit like the Arab spring, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's the social movement that brought down like the dictators of finance. Oh man. But we know that book kept going yeah. and ended up with Donald Trump as president, right? Yeah. So what's, you know, what's the end game here for this democratization of financial power? You know, what do we end up with in four or five years from now? Is it as bad as it was in the political space? I, I would say like a, a plausible, insane prediction to me would be a dark web marketplace going public via SPAC, like a dark, a dark web drug marketplace going public. I think that's, that's highly likely. Um, <laughs> something that's like it's explicitly illegal, but like is, you know, so, something like that. I, I, w- I would see, you know, and then maybe a guy wearing a, you know, a Viking helmet, you know, hangs out on the New York Stock Exchange or something. Viking helmet on the stock exchange. You heard it here first, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> anyway, we'll come back to that. Um, yeah. How are Wait, you, by the way? Not- are you healthy? Are you? Are, and I got news. I'll come to news. Yeah, first, first you know, check in on you. How's life? I'm healthy as hell. I had the worst vitamin D deficiency ever for so long. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I don't know if I tell, talked about this in the last podcast. I had um, my vitamin D after surgery went down to 12. And like the range you're supposed to have is like 30 to 100 uh, units. Yeah. Medicine units. Yeah, that's low. Medicine um, units, uh, for those of you that missed the unit of measurement. Yeah. And like, oh my God, if you, know, if, if you want to feel like you're losing your mind, have a vitamin D deficiency. Like I, I was like, this is just my life now, I guess. Um, like I was like taking breaks on the way up the stairs um, and, and like... You know, basically, I would work for like two and a half hours or three hours during the workday, and then I would just like be only able to watch anime, uh, yeah. and then I would go back to to regular business. I think if we could get that portable alpha beverage back into <laughs> your refrigerator, so that, that this would be uh, solved. I mean, that's, that's one of the many point. things that portable alpha I think delivered was vitamin D. Yeah, many other point. vitamins. Yeah, orange. I, <laughs> Y, R, uh, a lot of different vitamins. Anyway, I want to make it to my news. Um, I have three bits of news this week. Hell yeah. First bit of news, 
the potentially the biggest sovereign wealth fund on earth, the public investment fund in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. um, has set a new strategy. And for those of us with Twitter handles called Sovereign Fund, uh, this is a this is kind of a big deal to see a two trillion dollar organization kind of shift its strategy. And it's clear to me that that organization is now shifting very much internally. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been happening, you know. So, like, obviously, it went out. It did the SoftBank Vision Fund. It, you know, yep. it was out splashing capital around the world, you know, doing some things. But now we've heard the rumors. It's kind of refocusing internally. It's going to focus on development. But it set a very interesting goal for itself this week. One of its key goals by 2025 is to help create 1.8 million jobs within the kingdom. Huh. And and that's a really interesting mandate for a, a commercial investment organization. Yeah, uh, you, you won't see such a uh, direct link between job creation and you know a pension fund or a sovereign fund, really, in many other jurisdictions, as you've just seen here in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And by the way, this isn't a government, you know, creating more jobs to go build infrastructure. This has to be private sector jobs. This is a yep. commercial entity. And so it's no small feat to go and build, you know, a couple of Walmarts worth of jobs um, in five years. And so I think that's, 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 that's going to be a challenge. That's the strategy that you were talking about with uh, Singapore's Tomasek, right? Like that's, how, right. You know, that's how they That's how they compounded the way they compounded, right? Is exactly. know, building the whole economy. <laughs> right. And so what will be interesting is if, if this Saudi, you know, what's, rather, let's call it a development fund, um, we'll end up, you know, starting new industries. Like I remember reading at some point, they were like, let's do tourism, let's do movie theaters, um, uh, things like that. So it'll be, it'll be a fascinating development to watch that fund, um, kind of change its trajectory and focus internally. Next up in the news, um, let me just transport you from Saudi Arabia, Sloan, to Indonesia. Oh, we're super global here. Super global. We are. <laughs> this is Indonesia. The world is fun. Um, where the country is in the process of launching a new sovereign wealth fund with a twist. It's not their wealth. It's yeah. other people's wealth. They uh, announced this week that their new sovereign, in quotes, wealth, end quotes, fund is collecting. No, I did that. that <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, those are my air quotes. Not we are the sovereign wealth fund. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> ideal. <laughs> Please recall that in your page, page notes. All right, onward. Gotta stop laughing. And I'm back. Uh, so 10 billion has come in in the form of letters of intent, which the uh, press relief said commitments. And I said, that's not a commitment. I said that to myself, uh, not, that it wasn't publicly. Uh, but so they've got 10 billion in letters of intent mm. um, for participation in this new vehicle. Really reminds me of the National Infrastructure Investment Fund in India, which yeah. set up a similar co-investment style platform to drive investment into infrastructure and ports. Yeah, which itself was based on the Russia Direct Investment Fund, which was driving investment into private equity. And so it looks like this type of development model, building from the Saudis into the Indonesians, is really taking hold. Yeah, and I, I think just. 
first off, noting like, wow, SDFs are like part of the development toolkit now. And two, these big investors are willing to partner with SDFs in these local kind of hard to unravel ecosystems like Indonesia and India um, on an increasing basis. And I think too, like, I mean, this is a year, the last 12 months, foreign direct investment is cratered. Uh, you know, yeah. like, uh, to go out and raise a $10 billion fund as Indonesia, like at a pretty marginal credit, like, I, I mean, you know, like that, that's, a, yeah. that's a, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. And that's why I'm wondering if these are just non-binding letters of intent, mm-hmm. uh, but let's, <laughs> let's keep the water warm and not icy cold. Yeah. My last news. Uh, comes to us from the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, that was obligated to kind of weigh in on the flash mobification of retail investing. And uh, there was quite the punditry going on, Sloan, this week. I'm sure you witnessed some of the videos. It was a sea of hot takes. It was unbelievable. Like, literally, I've heard Wall Street Bets called everything from anti-Semitic to like, yeah. uh, <laughs> like, uh, like this, you know, these warriors for equality. To like, I know. I mean, My favorite, I saw a video earlier today where this lady was saying they are like the January 6th capital mob. It's like, <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> There's nothing that's right uh, about that take. Anyway, acting chair of the SEC came out today with a three-paragraph statement, which read like somebody asked him why he hadn't said anything yet. And he said, oh, crap, I guess I better say something. And I'll paraphrase the rest of it for you. We are monitoring the volatility. The market infrastructure still works. Please don't break any laws. (laughs) You'll... We'll have to come and talk to you later if you break laws. Not you, the hedge funds, you there on Reddit. Really talking to you on Reddit, signed the SEC. That's it. Um, It's clear to me they don't know what the hell's going on by this, you know. So what do we do? Well, I mean, I think, you know, it's it's funny because I think we've achieved the first ever thing, which is an in-person guest today. Uh, My friend Liz is hanging out in our living room. And yes. uh, she is one of the people who made a bucket load of money on Wall Street Bets. You're kidding. Um, and she has been on the forum for years. And uh, we're not going to define bucket load for tax reasons? Or... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's six figures. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Hey, Ashby, meet Liz. Hey, hey Liz. Hi, Hi Ashby. <laughs> Sorry, that's air hard. Yeah. This is welcoming you, welcoming you into the show, Liz. How are Hi, you? you? Good. Good. So we, well, got, we were just we were just trying to unravel the SEC. Okay, like the SEC's bizarre uh, press release today, which barely explained anything about what was going on, other than they had everything under control and that you shouldn't be looking here. Um, but we just kind of want to dig in here. First off. You made a bunch of money in this thing. I thought nobody made money in this. I made, I made a few. I made. I made a little bit of money. Uh, I have. I have some gains realized and some gains unrealized. Uh, okay. I have like maybe fifty k realized and sixty k unrealized. And like, and what was your? And like, you're. You've. You've. How long have you been trading options? 
oh boy, since uh, about three, four years. I would say like since 2017. Three, four years. Yeah. So I'm like, I've never made money trading options. Like I've, <laughs> I've made money in bursts, but like year, year over year, like it's it's been my losses. <laughs> yeah. So this is the first, this is the first, uh, this is the most profitable year yet. <laughs> That's our strategy with this podcast. We're, we just keep doing <laughs> it, even though very few <laughs> listeners but at some point, we're going to make $110,000. That's our expectation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love you with GME. It's, uh... <laughs> so, like, I mean, we've got a bunch of folks who probably are not so familiar with what Reddit is. Uh, or like, But maybe you could describe like what Wall Street Bets is. Yeah. So like Reddit is like a collection. Basically, Reddit is like a collection of forums. And Wall Street Bets is a, is a sub-forum. Uh, all these forms. Is this different from the chat rooms I was in in the 1990s? Uh, it's not that different. I, I would say from the chat rooms, they're like um, you know they're they're a bit more they they in fact Reddit like uh, I would say like sometime last year or maybe like a little bit before then uh, released a chat room feature which uh, I'm not quite sure. I don't know anything about it. I, I never use it. I always use the forum parts. Um, but I would say very similar to the chat rooms. A lot of like, can I swear on this podcast? Sure. You may. You may. In this <laughs> one instance. A lot of shit talking, a lot of, a <laughs> lot of, you know, some pump and dump schemes. It's, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of like garbage information, especially on Wall Street bets related to investing, but also like a few nuggets of, uh, of gold, like some, some very good, like due diligence. I think, I think. Is pumping and dumping legal or is it illegal, but nobody can figure out who you are on Reddit? Oh, man. Like one of the. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's obviously illegal. Yeah. If you get caught. If you get caught, of course. <laughs> obviously. Uh, Just technically, it's still illegal, even if you don't yeah, get caught. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah okay. that's, true. that's true. Murder is still illegal, even if you get away with it. <laughs> um, but like, I remember like one thing that really st- sticks up in my mind was like last year sometime like someone someone wrote this really long due diligence post on uh why you should buy lumber liquidators mm. uh, i'm like i didn't read it but i saw the length of it so i'm like i'm gonna so i'm like all right i'll buy a little bit of lumber <laughs> liquidator <laughs> yeah and then and then it went up uh, it, it was like already up like 70% that day and then it went up a bit more and then I'm like wait a second this is stupid so i cashed out and made like 100 bucks and then it just like crashed afterwards. And then I remember reading people talking about it like after after the fact. Um, and they're like, yeah, that was like pretty obviously a pump and dump scheme. <laughs> you know, like like someone buys it, buys uh, some options in lumber liquidators, pumps it up like 10, 15% and then just sells it. Um, and I do know like the mods will sometimes, um, the mods of the subreddit will sometimes post like, yeah, we removed a bunch of like pump and dump schemes um, today. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have rules about like no no discussion. Like you can't discuss uh, tickers under like a certain market cap or short. Like like you you can't just dis- basically you can't uh, discuss like uh, small caps like 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 micro caps like uh, penny stocks. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's what it's called. so so you can uh, so so basically like. It's a for it's this forum. People are talking about like you know. Here's the due diligence that I've done on such and such and so and so. Yeah. Um, like it's it seems like the there have been a couple of generations of Wall Street bets investments. You know, like what would you say was the first time 
that you sort of felt like you were participating in a phenomenon? I mean, I think like, so like what's interesting is that I feel like it's always been somewhat of a phenomenon, just maybe, you know, like lesser known. Um, But certainly in the investing, like there's like a whole group of subreddits that are tangentially related to investing. That's what they call the subform subreddits. Um, so like there's one about stocks, there's one about finance, there's one, they're literally called stocks, finance, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. There's the Ben Graham style security analysis subreddit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they all talk about Wall Street bets. Like mm-hmm. they will like, like when you make a risky or ill-informed or dumb bet, like they'll be like, well, that's a Wall Street bets style play right there. Um, or like, this isn't Wall Street bets. We, you know, we do more research than that. Like yeah. that kind of talk. Um, so like, you know, I got into Wall Street bets probably around when I started trading options. And I think that's like how I heard about them was in, in this kind of like whispered, like, you know, like, oh, those people on Wall Street bets are, they're idiots, <laughs> you know, uh, don't be like them or just, but very, also, they're just risk takers. Yeah. They're just risk takers. But also sometimes they'll link to due diligence posts in Wall Street bets um, because they're like, well, take it from a grain of salt because it's from Wall Street bets, but this is a pretty well-reasoned argument why you should go take this position. Um, so, like, it, you know, like, when I joined, there were, like, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand people on the, like, subscribers to the forum. And, like, as of today, there's, like, six and a half million. Um, but it's always been infamous. Yeah. It's always been infamous. There's always been, always had the same reputation. It's more infamous now it is it's almost famous like not even infamous anymore um i'd say it's famous it's yeah. famous yeah it's just legitimately famous it's not but i don't know people, people aren't don't know like like mainly what wall street bets is known for is incredibly risky p- plays that more often than that don't work out but when they do you're like 10 to 100x your money so, so we, were, we were talking before this about uh, a strategy just buying random out of the money options, which oh yeah, they're called uh, weekly. You know, like like you would call them weeklies. Um, they would call it uh, FDs, um, which I'm not going to tell you what that means because I can't. Because <laughs> it's too offensive. <laughs> it's too. It's too offensive. Uh, you thank can, you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a family podcast. This is a family podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't know, like um, lottery tickets, also call it. Um, okay. It's like, uh, and then they're just like that. Like people buy lottery tickets on, like, uh, oh, I hope Apple, yeah, jumps up. You know, five strikes out of the money, and then they'll, they'll post like a screen cap of the losses. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I bet ten k on uh, Apple weeklies. Um, sometimes based on nothing. Oftentimes around earnings. Earnings is a great time to see uh, the lost porn. Awesome. Because sometimes, because sometimes companies will have great, as you know, some companies will have great earnings. Their stocks don't reflect that, uh, and that's a great time to lose money. Um, yeah. It's also a great time to make money. Uh, a lot of you know volatility. Well, you want to see movement. You want to see movement in the underlying. Yes. Um, you know, like a lot. You know, a lot more often is like, like yes, you like you'll see you'll see the big ones. That's the one that everyone like because you can like uh, you can reward posts with like. Oh, these awards you buy, oh. like literally buy. They don't really mean anything, but they're just still like, like a gold a, star. Yeah, they're basically like gold stars. Okay, um, 
And like, well, the- so that takes me to, yeah, I was going to ask you a question about that. So, you know, you, there's two, there's a two part comment slash question. First is the whole world of institutional investing is now trying to get their head around this ecosystem. That's why you went from 200,000 to 6 million. Like all the hedge funds are like, who can we get in the Reddit? You know, no, like we gotta get a Reddit analyst. We got to get a Reddit analyst because they're clearly affecting markets. And, you know, all we do is like float around in markets. You know, the hedge funds are, are really that this is their world. And so they feel like they've been, um, you know, beaten, beaten here. But the point that I was going to ask was like, <clears throat> I heard you say earlier, you did a trade literally based on the length of a post. Oh, yeah. uh, I think, yeah. I think your words were it's clear. Somebody did a lot of homework. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> but I'm going to buy an option behind it. And you made 20 or 100 bucks or something. Yeah. How, as these new professional investors arrive into the world of Reddit, how does, should they just be looking for long posts and then going you know, seriously aggressive behind them with option strategies uh, without reading them? Or is there another way of vetting quality in your mind? Uh, sure, you can read them and look at the graphs and and double check the references and look at like the um, at the uh, 10Ks and you know do the due diligence. Okay, so it's, it's regular research. Yeah, you know? you can do, it's you can regular do research. Like and you then these play. little this little gold dust you get is that an indicator? Uh, it's usually yes. It's it's usually an indicator that people like it. Um, I would say a lot of people also respond to these. Um, it's almost like a meme. It's basically a meme now where they're like, well, it's pretty long. Didn't read it, but I'm in. Um, often, like the author put, like the authors know this. They'll like, they'll, they'll have like a too long, didn't read it at the bottom. That's like, here's my position. Yeah. Which of course you can't verify. Um, it's just, they said, yeah. you know. Do you ever get down halfway through and it's like that that Latin that you see in uh, PowerPoints oh, before you yeah. fill it in? <laughs> more Mipsum? Yes. More Mipsum, uh, yes. Uh, I haven't seen that yet, but, you know, if someone did that, they'd, that's a great idea. <laughs> feel free to use that. Feel free to use that. Yeah, yeah. like Laura Mipsum with some graphs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like throws some... One paragraph, pie. 10 pages of Laura Mipsum. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Big aggressive uh, option strategy yeah. behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I would say like I've I've done I've bought options on even less thinking than that. So <laughs> the fact that I saw a long post and I bought it, you know, I, I think it's pretty indicative of the uh, type of traders that are there. There are some really smart people. Um, I think. <laughs> I think they're smart in, in that they post a lot of stuff, but I never really like double check their research. Um, so, so, you know, it could be wrong. This is awesome. I'm, I'm learning a ton here. I kind of, <laughs> we're now, we were like overlaying on top of this movement. You know, where we're like, this is a revolution. <laughs> you know, like these people are taking down the man. It's a, it's um, a research revolution. <laughs> yeah, now I'm kind of wondering if this was like, eh, I didn't really read it. And, you know, so help me understand the collective part of this movement. Is it a culture that has been built up together? And so it is the social movement in that sense, but it's not really a fundamental research movement. What is the movement, I guess I'm asking? Uh, I mean, I don't really think it's like, I don't really think of it as a movement. I think of like, I mean, it kind of turned into like this like little guy, like David versus Goliath thing. Um, but I would say like the main thing that 
why this blew up was because this guy made this post all the way back in like early last year, March of last year, maybe, um, where he's like, I have this thesis on GameStop and and this is why I think it's going to go up. It's got strong fundamentals and all this short interest and all that. And a lot of people made fun of them. They're like, GameStop, they're going bankrupt. And then, um, and then he would like post updates of like, here's my position. It's down like twenty thousand uh, dollars. It was like a thirty, forty thousand dollar bet initially, or something like that. So it'll be down ten, twenty k. Um, and then uh, slowly over time, uh, GameStop started going up. And then people are like, well, maybe this guy's got a point, and just kept on going up and up. And then he basically is like almost like a cult. <laughs> Almost like a cult. People are like, "Well, okay, wait a second. Like this guy wrote all, did all this research, uh, and he's in. And hey, maybe he's at a point. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe maybe we've made fun of him too early. Maybe our assumptions were wrong. And it kind of built into this movement. Now his position's worth like, I don't know what. Uh, I'm not quite sure. It depends on the closing price today. But like, uh, you know, like tens of millions." Yeah, uh, he, he had a bunch of options in there. Yeah, like he, had, he also had a bunch of shares. Uh, he had a bunch. Okay. Of, he had a lot of both. Um, and now he's like treated in some ways, literally like a god. Uh, people <laughs> like, like a healthy, constructive ecosystem here. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's just like the hedge fund ecosystem. That, that, that <laughs> is literally. <laughs> right. It's just like the hedge fund ecosystem. I love it. Yes, there's nothing different. <laughs> the cult of these these people who could generate performance. Yeah. He needs to start a fund. Yeah. Um, some of the biggest legends of Wall Street bets are those who made or lost the most amount of money. Um, so like this guy, uh, of course, deep fucking value. He made yep. tens of millions. It's his name. So you can say that on the show. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's the CFA charter holder, by the way? Uh, oh, Yes. <laughs> Um, there's this guy who was pretty famous. Um, I forgot his name, but he's pretty famous for this video he shot of like, okay, he's famous for two things. One, he, I believe this is the same guy. This, I might be conflating two different people in the same person, but whatever, it doesn't matter. And you know, Wall Street bets lower, it's, it, they're, they're immoralized. He like, he like, he like bought, like, he's Robin Hood as a broker, which is important. And he bought like 100 shares of like AMD. And then he sold deep in the money calls for those, like covered calls for those shares. And then because of an oversight by Robinhood, um, since he was on a margin account, they gave him margin on the premium he got from the shares in addition to the underlying shares themselves. So he basically double dipped on his margin. Uh, and he just kept on doing, and then he used that <laughs> new margin to buy more shares and he sold more covered calls. So he basically got an infinite margin glitch. (laughs) And then he bought like deep out of the money. I believe it was puts on Apple for their earnings. uh, And he record and, and then they blew their earnings out of the park and he lost like 50 K of money. That was definitely not his um, off of like five to 10 (laughs) K to start with. Um, And then he filmed a video of himself at market open with his like account and then basically when the when mark the market opened, uh his like his like PL graph just like cratered. <laughs> and then he made this noise that's just and he just made this like guttural like guh. 
noise and that gut is like immortalized in Wall Street bets like culture of like there's this idiot that came um, and lost all the money um, and also got Robin Hood they all got Robin Hood to change their policy and that they would not let you sell deep in the money calls for a period until they fixed this glitch um, so that other people can't do it because people were doing this to get like a million dollars in leverage, like a like million dollars in like margin and just bet it all on some stupid stuff. Uh, I try not to swear there. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And then the and innovation then, that Silicon Valley is bringing to the financial system is just unbelievable. It's incredible. Unlimited margin. I mean, wow. Democracy. Democracy at work. Yeah, the New York brokerage firms only give you a hundred or one to one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, this is like, yeah, we're getting to like four x levels of margin, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is Wall Street bets. Like, Wall Street. They're, okay, like recently they have become like almost like a leftist, like socialist. Like, let's take down the hedge funds group. But like, that's uh, a very recent innovation, and honestly, I don't see it lasting. <laughs> yeah, the, it's it's less about the you know, the movement to, to take the hedge funds down than to just find like the really awesome trade sounds like. And in this case, the awesome trade like involved identifying a big short position and then squeezing it and seeing it explode. Yeah. Um, I will say like the recent actions taken by the hedge funds um, probably cemented, you know, the the culture a bit more towards this taking down hedge funds. Um, you're talking about the bailout or the uh, uh, there's the bailout there's the um, the Robin Hood stopping yeah, yeah. Uh, the purchasing of certain securities um, there, there's you know there's all that like that probably cements them more towards this like uh, anti like big business thing um, but uh, the the Wall Street bets I know at its heart is about making losing large amounts of money based on some research. <laughs> Interesting. Large amounts of money based on almost no research. Yes. I, I mean, like that, I think is about as good of a characterization as I've heard. Sometimes based on a lot of research and that research didn't pan out. Yeah. And then they lost a bunch of money or they made a lot of money. Yeah. But it's, it's about big bets, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, yeah, it's yeah. fascinating to hear the world you're living in. With with this space, and you've been doing it for a long time. I think it's not uncommon to see uh, like sentiment analysis being used in investing, and um, definitely like in in private markets like venture capital, like relying on personal networks and word of mouth, and you know introductions to things. Um, to me, like in hearing you describe it, this feels a little bit like we've weaponized like the dentist. Uh, stock recommendation in this case, you know, like in the, in the old days, like the dentist would have all these people come into the chair and be like, give me a good stock tip. And, and, you know, like, but, and so here we've like created the dental stock tip at scale. And now you're also putting information and data behind it. And maybe this will be something new. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it's not new, but maybe like you're, we're onto something here that like we don't quite yet appreciate. Uh, if only they were as qualified as a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I think one of the things of, that's about Reddit that is that sucks and is cool is that um, 
Like it can like literally I, I went to Wall Street Bets yesterday and saw that they have this thread every day, the daily moves. Like, what are you doing today? Yep. And that thread had seventy-two thousand comments. Yep. Um they had to make that thread. That's a relatively recent innovation because otherwise the subreddit would be spammed with garbage. Yeah. Um, but like, but Reddit has this amazing system, I think, for ranking comments where, you know, you can have like, you know, a comment and then reply to that comment and then reply to that comment. And, you know, so you can actually see the content upvote, downvote, exactly. Um, and like, I, I think you heard it here first, like they're going to be 10 to 15 semantic analysis of Wall Street bets used to predict price in... Oh, there's already a website for that. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I think someone on website and, and they pass around the URL for that sometimes. And it's just like, is Wall Street bets feeling bearish or bullish on the market this week? There what you are go. That are mentioned the most often. Yeah, yeah. It, um, before all this GME madness blew up, you know, people would post like, here are the most mentioned tickers on Wall Street bets um, on the daily discussion yep. thread. There's like a Na- natural like, language processing applied to this like yeah. torrent of you know yeah. verbiage. Yeah. yeah. So some of the they, they use some colorful language to describe bears or bulls, <laughs> but you know you get a hang of it after a while. Let me let me see if I can remember what this uh, Wall Street Bets website was called. So would would you say like the interacting with all this Liz has has awakened something like akin to a passion for investing in you? Um, I mean, I like gambling. Okay. Uh, you know, I've, yeah, I mean, I certainly invest. I certainly invest in like index funds and some like stocks that like buy shares and I just hold them long. Um, I, I, you know, I've always been kind of interested. Well, I won't say I've always, my dad's always been like, um, he's always told me like, you, you got to invest in like the market. You gotta invest in things. You gotta invest in the market. Like it's it's like how you build long term wealth. Um, so I always had that ingrained in me. Um, I would say like I started off by doing that and by like reading about trading. Um, but I don't think this has awakened any. I mean, it kind of, if nothing else, it kind of makes me sometimes long for the safety of, you know, holding Microsoft. Yes. <laughs> which, which you know, which I guess, like you know, it maybe in some senses is not that safe, um, since it's not it's just a single stock, not diversified, but certainly a hell of a lot safer than uh, buying weekly options and yeah, hoping and, for, and, and, and hoping for the best. And you happened to be on vacation this week that all of this madness went down. Yes, which is arguably the best time vacation in human history mm-hmm. um, to go into with a uh, you know a giant option position. <laughs> Yes. What is your oh, Liz? What is stocks. your oh? Go for that. It's called Swaggy Stocks. Swaggy, swaggy stocks. stocks. That's Wall Street Bets. Stress, like swaggystocks.com, Wall Street Bets real time analysis. Do you think that we're, we're going to get? What's your day job? Can you just remind me? I forgot oh, yeah. to ask. Oh, oh, yes, I'm you... a software engineer. Okay. Yeah. So I am lucky to have a high paying job in a secure industry, in a pretty secure industry, I would say. Um. Uh, so I am like lucky to have like um, disposable income to like basically gamble on the stocks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now the enjoyment is the Reddits and 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 gam. It's a bit of a gamble. Sounds it, like. Yes, it's a bit of a gamble. But do you get pl- so? Here's the last question. Then we unfortunately we gotta move on. But did you get pleasure out of owning GME? 
or is it more like like because there's this, a whole like um thread out there that's like look there's now utility from the simple act of buying the stock not from what the stock actually delivers to you like there's value in telling people i own gme uh i like to watch the numbers go up <laughs> yeah okay so that was that take is wrong for you <laughs> you're you like the money <laughs> I mean, it's fun to be part of this like uh, community, but like I was, I bought, I had GME, I had, I, I had GME, I had GME calls dated to April, like expiring in April, uh, before all this blew up, and I bought it because I read this uh, DFV guy posting about it, and I thought, sure, why not? Why not throw two thousand dollars in calls into this position? Yeah, yeah. there was a long Reddit post on it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this guy's been holding for months, and, and yeah. he's not. so like, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Right. So well, let's go to the uh, the last segment of the of the show. Liz, do you want to hang around? All right, yeah. Uh, so hang around, Liz. We, we what's this I, one? Eric's got a, a, a gun to his head. Uh, so the first question in the Dear Ashby segment, and beloved listener, if you've forgotten, the Dear Ashby segment is where we answer questions from you. Um, so if you have a question that you want us to talk about at this part of the show, just uh, just write us, freemoney at gmail.com. Um, first question is, there is a growing discussion about potentially allowing the economy to run hot for, the, for a period of time, i.e. allow inflation to go up above um, you know, the range that the Fed usually acts on it in. Would that be bad for pensions and retirees? Running hot sounds like a like a cool thing uh, <laughs> for an economy to do, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I don't. I I think you know there's probably two sides to this. It's probably good for the people who made pension promises because yeah, you yeah. know you're assuming inflation is going up, so the value of the promise you've made to these individuals is coming down. So if you're a company, you're like, we're going to run hot. But at the same time, if it's running hot, that means you're letting interest rates stay low, which means the discount rate you're using to calculate those liabilities um, is forcing those liabilities to go very high because it's a low discount rate. So it, it I think like it's probably a wash on that sense. The question is like, how sustainable is the performance when you're running hot? Like, are we gonna yeah. are we gonna have a massive crisis that's gonna leave a lot of these companies like having to put um, huge, you know, contributions into the system, or like um, some amount of speculative activity, perhaps? Yeah, like I think the the beauty of running hot is it gives you an opportunity to find some volatility and and buy some deep out of the money call options. <laughs> uh hell yeah um yeah so i mean like that's the strategy everyone we're gonna hear reports of investment committee meetings where everyone's like we need to get some of these swaggy stocks into our portfolio (laughs) Uh, (laughs) next question is we hear continued rumors and this has happened to me uh about attempts from chinese and russian intelligence to extract trade secrets from various companies uh have you come across anything like that um (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I have. We called you out. You're, you are Russian intelligence, right? I am. Yes. Uh, this is the this. I think this is the forum through which to reveal. 
Um, no, so look, my password at Stanford University, where I'm in the engineering school at Stanford and I have to log into my account is like 50 characters long. Um, and that wasn't my choice, you know? And so, you know, I think there is, um, there's a lot of concern that foreign intelligence agencies are trying to get access to secret information that is being developed here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, not personally, like I haven't had, you know, bumped into spies trying to steal stuff from me. Not that I would even know, I guess, but, um, definitely you hear about it in, uh, in kind of venture capital circles that, you know, got a nice visit from certain feds asking what this was about. Um, yeah, that happens. I mean, I, I think those, those actors are out there trying to, trying to get information. Back in the before time, I bumped into a couple of people at conferences who, are, who would just be like, you know, very like, just make no sense there, you know, and kind of be try, bleeding you for information, but have no compelling business rationale to be there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, uh, so last one for today is Citron Research ended its 20-year run of publishing short sale reports during, game, during the GameStop run. So it's a bad place to short. Uh, is the market's not safe for short sellers anymore. Is that bad? Uh, I think I, I don't feel bad for short sellers having to like, you know, look behind their shoulder. I think, I think, uh, short, short sellers have been like hiring pi- private investigators to go study corporate CEOs and yeah. dig up dirt. And like the, the number of like awful stories I've heard from people in industry about, how painful it is to be a public company because of short sellers. Um, I think it's probably okay for, for the short sellers to feel a little bit of that pain themselves and be maybe a bit more um, paranoid that like Liz is coming for you, you know, she's going to get, she's going to come across a 45 page Reddit (laughs) And it will take her life savings and, and buy options. And that's coming after you, the you know, hedge fund sellers. Um, but no, I don't think it's going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Shorting, shorting is part of the market. Um, I think there's a bigger chance of like crushing the shorts is to like explain to the long-term investors that when they put their stocks in a, in a stock loan market, um, that like they're contributing to the volatility that like they often don't want. So. Yeah, but, but I don't think this moment is going to kill shorting, even yeah. if it might create a bit more suspicion. But but like I mean, it would be interesting to see if more people go the way of Hiro Mizuno at GPIF and like restrict their uh, you know their shares from being let out. Um, I mean, probably the all time person who has owned the shorts harder than anyone else. Uh, yeah, or or it's Elon who put Elon. Hero who put oh Hero on his board. <laughs> Yeah. So I think Elon saw Hero say that and he's like, you're coming on my board. (laughs) Uh, While you're here, why is Elon king? Uh, Because, okay, because much like with GameStop, where some people bought in early and made a bunch of money, some people bought into Tesla, Mm. made a bunch of money. So like, you know, those people... Uh, you know, they 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 carry a lot of weight, I guess. Not, maybe not weight, but they're kind of famous. Uh, and Elon is just kind of like a meme asshole on the internet, and that's what Wall yeah. Street bets is. 
Yeah, I mean, he's, he's yeah, he did he did call some nice guy trying to save a bunch of kids a pedo. I think. Yeah, I mean, he's he's he is the richest man on earth. He smokes weed. He's married to a rock star. That's true. He's amazing. Um, you know, he's amazing. No, one, no one likes him still. <laughs> Uh, he did. He did tweet out game stonks recently, which caused it to go up like a hundred percent after hours. So that really cements him in, I think, Wall Street bets uh, memory. So. I think the fact that he's going to get us to Mars is pretty good for me. I think uh, you know, like the dude is legit Iron Man. Also, um, you know, Grimes' albums they they slap. Uh, true, uh, they do. They do slap. Um, but that, that about does it for us today. Um, if you've been listening, I hope you have now, a, you know, a compelling and complete understanding of what the hell is going on at, at Wall Street Bets. Uh, Liz, I think uh, we, this probably merits a bit of a warning song. But Liz, you're going to get approached by quite uh, a few, maybe even one um, person out of this podcast that want to understand in more detail the work that you're doing and the creative uh, heuristics you use in your investment decisions. Uh, so just beware, you know, somebody might email Sloan to email you. Just watch out for that. Oh, good luck to them. Yeah, Liz doesn't get out of bed for less than $10,000. Yeah, so. that's true. That's no problem in the hedge fund space, Sloan. Come on. Uh, if you're in a hedge fund and you want to throw me $10,000, uh, I'm down. Where do we throw it? Would, yeah. right. Well, you heard it here first. All right. You heard it here first. Bye. Bye. I'm looking like money, 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 money